1: My name is Walker Wildman, and uh, once again, the name of the show is Exposing Washington. Glad to have you with us this Saturday. Much news to talk about, definitely not uh, lacking news. So, we'll cover many stories uh, going on in Washington, D.C. this week. A lot of interesting news, we'll just say that, with the vice presidential debate taking place this past Wednesday night and various other developments in Washington. Before I move into some of the news stories for the week, I want to mention a few things, a few events, rather. This upcoming week on American Family Radio, we will have our fall share thon We will have our fall uh, share thon Tuesday through Thursday of next week, or, or rather of this upcoming week we'll have our, our, our fall Share-a-thon. We have share twice a year, fall and spring, and it's where we spend a couple days, three days, asking our listeners, asking you, our supporters, to come alongside us and donate to the Ministry of American Family Radio, American Family Association, so we can continue to do what we do here at American Family Association. So that's what our our a is all about and uh, we'll have listener testimonies, we'll have some great guests, and we'll just uh, uh, review and look back at, at the work that God is doing and how God is using American Family Radio in our country. So it'll be a great three days next week, uh, so I hope you tune in uh, to that. For more information uh, next week, you can go to AFR.net beginning Monday and uh, donate to our Fall share Another event that I want to mention is uh, what's going on towards the end of this month, towards the end of October. I will actually be in Birmingham, Alabama, right out, technically not in Birmingham, but right outside of Birmingham, on October 29th. It's a Thursday night. And so if you're in the Birmingham area, uh, are really any portion of Alabama that you want to drive over to Birmingham, we will have an event there Thursday night, October 29th. You can go to afa.net forward slash events to register. afa.net forward slash events to register for that event in Birmingham, Alabama. October 29th, you, ha- you do have to register at afa.net forward slash events. It'll be myself, Abraham Hamilton III, Rob Chambers of AFA Action, and my brother Wesley Wildman, Vice President of Outreach. So the four of us will be in Birmingham, Alabama on October 29th. I'll post a link to the registration page on my podcast page at afr.net. Jumping right in to... Uh, well, the one last thing I was going to mention is we'll have election coverage here on American Family Radio on the night of the election, November 3rd. So that's the last thing I wanted to mention. Jumping right into the news stories, we had the vice presidential debate this past week, this Wednesday past Wednesday night. And I will say it was more productive, in my opinion, than the presidential debate that we had two weeks ago. It was more substantive, which is good. And there were several things, several takeaways from the vice presidential debate, the one and only vice presidential debate for this cycle. The difference between the Biden ticket and the Trump ticket, the the differences at this point should be very clear. And a couple areas that stood out, one of them is the topic of fossil fuels or some call it fracking or drilling for oil. But the whole topic of energy and energy policy came up and Vice President Pence called out Biden and Harris, on their position to end fracking and to eventually end the use of fossil fuels because they claim that it's bad for the environment, although I disagree with that, because they've been back and forth on this issue. During the primary during the Democrat primary, both Joe Biden and Kamala Harris said that they would end fracking, that they would end fossil fuels. They would phase them out is the word they used. And then now they're saying that they never held that position, that they are not for banning fracking. So let's listen to clip one. This is a clip, this is a compilation of the past few months, the past several months during the Democrat primary when both Joe Biden and Kamala Harris have both said that they're going to ban fracking and fossil fuels.
0: Clip one, let's listen. I am not banning fracking. Let me say that again. I am not banning fracking, no matter how many times Donald Trump lies about me. Well, like What about, say, stopping fracking and stopping? Yeah. I am not banning fracking. No matter how many times Donald Trump lies about me. There's no question I'm in favor of banning fracking. I am not banning fracking. No matter how many times Donald Trump lies about me. No more, no new fracking. No No matter how many times Donald Trump lies about me. We are going to get rid of fossil fuels. No matter how many times Donald Trump lies about me. Would there be any place for fossil fuels, including coal and fracking, in a Biden administration? No, it would be, we, would, we would work it out. We would make sure it's eliminated. Well, there you have it.
1: Joe Biden claiming multiple times in that clip that, that, Joe, that President Trump is lying about me. Despite what President Trump says, I will not ban fracking. And then we have the same, in the same clip, we have him saying, In another event, saying, I will ban fracking. I will phase out fossil fuels. (laughs) And so what happened here, clearly the facts bear out that they changed their position. They changed their position, and that is giving them the benefit of the doubt. Others would call that lying. And here's why the, ter- the strong term lying can, can, can hold up in this situation. Because clip two that I'm about to play is Kamala Harris claiming straight up, flat out, that her and Biden have never held that position against fracking and against fossil fuels when I just played the clip of them saying that they will ban fossil fuels. Let's listen to clip two. First of all,
0: I will repeat and the American people know that Joe Biden will not ban fracking. That is a fact. That is a fact.
1: Well, there you have it. That's at the debate. That's at the vice presidential debate. Joe Biden will not ban fracking. And I just played the clip a few minutes ago where Joe Biden said he would. And also during the debate, Kamala Harris, when when she was confronted with this, she said that's not true. About About their position a few months ago on fossil fuels, she said, that's not true. We never said that. And I just played the clip of them saying exactly that. And so there's a difference in changing position in a matter of months, which is makes me question their original position or the position that they're changing to now. But it's one thing to change positions, but to claim that you never had the previous position is a lie. That's simply not true. They were once... They were once against fossil fuels, banning fossil fuels, and now they're claiming that they're not, which raises the question, which one is it? Which one is it? And here's what I – here's my analysis. Here's what I think. I think that the Democrats, that Joe Biden and Senator Harris, that they were willing to say anything to get the Democrat nomination – now that they have the Democrat nomination, they're trying to act like they're not as radical as they really are because they're looking for the independent vote. And this is classic Washington, D.C. politics. You change your position as the months go by depending on what the popular opinion is. And that's what you're seeing happening uh, happen with the Democrats now. One other clip I want to play from the debate is where we have Senator Harris, the moderator, asked Senator Harris what she would do different from the Trump administration, what Biden would do different from the Trump administration when it comes to coronavirus. And she ended up saying a few things such as testing, contact tracing, and uh, therapeutics and a vaccine And all of these things are things that President Trump is doing. So let's listen to clip three. This is Vice President Pence.
0: The reality is, when you look at the Biden plan, it reads an awful lot like what President Trump and I and our task force have been doing every step of the way. I mean, quite frankly, uh, when I look at their plan that talks about advancing testing, creating new PPE, developing a vaccine, um, it looks a little bit like plagiarism which is something Joe Biden knows a little bit about.
1: Well, there you have it. That was Vice President Pence talking about how Joe Biden basically copied and pasted the Trump plan on attacking the coronavirus. I don't know about you, but these debates, these debates, even though the vice president seemed to make the best out of it this past week, These debates, the moderators are absolutely terrible. And here's why. All of their questions, the vast majority of their questions, starting with Chris Wallace two weeks ago and now with this USA Today moderator, all of their questions have the premise that the Trump administration is doing something wrong, that they're failing, that they're not succeeding. The moderators have spent minutes in these past debates setting up questions and explaining how, in their view, the Trump administration is doing everything wrong. And how how are you, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, how are you going to fix it? And there have hardly been any questions to the Democrats talking about their horrible records in public office. And I don't expect the moderators, I don't expect their lack of fairness to change over the next three weeks. And that brings up the question of whether we're even going to have any more debates because the Commission on Presidential Debates decided all of a sudden that they wanted to cancel the debate in Miami, Florida this upcoming week and move it to a virtual town hall event. Move it to a virtual debate. President Trump says he's not going to do it. And I agree. I think a virtual debate between two candidates is a bad idea because you can't beat, you can't change uh, the in-person effect that debates have. And that's why I thought, for the most part, the debate we saw between the vice president and Senator Harris was pretty interesting this past week, even though the moderator's questions were extremely biased. And so whether or not we'll have a debate this upcoming week, who knows? We'll have to wait and see. But speaking of that potential debate, the C-SPAN reporter that was that is set or was set to moderate that debate in Miami his name is Steve Scully. He's a C-SPAN reporter out of Washington, D.C. And he put out a tweet, which we'll get into whether he put out this tweet or whether someone else did. But he put out this tweet and he tagged Anthony Scaramucci, the former White House staffer that worked for President Trump for a total of like a week, and then he was booted out of the White House, and then he's now a never-Trumper. But Steve Scully, this C-SPAN host and reporter, put out a tweet to Anthony Scaramucci publicly and said, Scaramucci, should I respond to Trump? Period. Period. And the context of this is how President Trump has been criticizing Scully for being, for working on Joe Biden's campaign, for being an intern for Joe Biden and at least one other Democrat in his career. So Steve Scully puts out this tweet Should I respond to Trump? And then. The debate commission puts out a statement claiming that Steve Scully's account was hacked, his Twitter account, that is. And I don't know what exactly went down. I don't know whether it was Mr. Scully who put that tweet out on accident. Some are raising the possibility that he may be meant to direct message Scaramucci, but instead he accidentally tweeted it to the public which is a possibility, and others are claiming that his account was hacked. But I sure do find it interesting that that would be put out on his Twitter account just a couple days before the next presidential debate, and he is the moderator. Could it be that he was actually trying to direct message Anthony Scaramucci and talk about Trump? It's very well possible, but we just don't know yet. And so we'll keep an eye on that story as it continues to develop but find it mighty, mighty interesting. I wouldn't be surprised if it turned out that his account actually wasn't hacked and that it was actually him that accidentally put out that tweet. Shifting gears to a few other stories, you know, President Trump had coronavirus recently and he was put in Walter Reed hospital for a couple days, and we didn't get to talk about it on the show last week, but President Trump spent about three days at Walter Reed Medical Center in Maryland over coronavirus, and he was released on Monday of this of this week, and President Trump seemed to be doing pretty good when he was released and there were reports that he was having trouble breathing when he was admitted to Walter Reed. And I don't know all the ins and outs and the details about the president's condition when he was sent over to Walter Reed. But what I do know is that President Trump seems to be doing pretty well now. And he was given various medicines or therapeutics to help help him with his symptoms when he was at Walter Reed. And so I'm gonna play a clip here. This is a clip of President Trump after he was released from Walter Reed. And here he is actually talking about some of the medicines he was given and how they helped him recover quickly. Let's listen to clip five.
0: But I spent four days there and I went in. I wasn't feeling so hot. And within a very short period of time, they gave me Regeneron. It's called Regeneron. And other things, too, but I think this was the key. But they gave me Regeneron. And it was, like, unbelievable. I felt good immediately. I felt as good three days ago as I do now. So I just want to say we have Regeneron. We have a very similar drug from Eli Lilly. And they're coming out, and we're trying to get them on an emergency basis. We've uh, authorized it. I've authorized it. And if you're in the hospital and you're feeling really bad, I think we're going to work it so that you get them and you're going to get them free. And especially if you're a senior, we're going to get you in there quick. We have hundreds of thousands of doses that are just about ready. I have emergency use authorization all set and we got to get it signed now.
1: All right. So there you have it. That's President Trump talking about the medicine that he took at Walter Reed to help him recover from coronavirus and the only reason I bring this up the main reason I bring this up is to show that someone of president trump's age he's 73 and you could i guess you could say he's in the high risk category when it comes to coronavirus and having trouble getting over it. And he was given these medicines, one of which is not even on the public market. It's still in the third phase of clinical trials. The are I believe that is. But he was given a couple medicines, a couple treatments, and he seemed to respond very well. But the reason I bring this up is because what you've been hearing from doctors, what you've been hearing from, quote, medical professionals, what you've been hearing from Dr. Fauci and the CDC and the FDA is that we don't have anything to treat people with COVID. We don't have any therapeutics that can treat people who have COVID. And that's not really true. While Regenerin is not on the market yet, there are other things like remdesivir and hydroxychloroquine and others that are on the market and have been for years to treat other illnesses. But the last point here is that President Trump was treated quickly. Within a matter of a day or two, he was treated with therapeutics, with medicines, with medicine, and he recovered in a matter of days. But what often is happening from what the reports we're were hearing about is that people get sick, they, they get diagnosed with COVID, and the doctors say, go home and take no medicine, and I hope you get better. At least that's how we were treating it in the early days. So this, the example of President Trump might prove that if you, uh, if you treat coronavirus early and aggressive, that the survival rates could possibly go up even more. And other doctors have said such. Early and aggressive treatment seems to be the most effective rather than waiting until symptoms have developed into the late stages to where it's almost too late to effectively intervene. And so we'll keep an eye on that. We'll keep an eye on the emergency authorization that President Trump is talking about with the FDA and this Regeneron drug, and we'll see where that goes. But at this point in our country with coronavirus, we should be trying any and all options and allow patients and doctors options to treat coronavirus early and aggressive instead of waiting until it's too late to begin treating people with coronavirus one last topic i wanted to mention before we wrap up the show is this spending bill this uh, aid package that the white house and congress has been trying to work out for the past few months And to date, we've had no round four, if you want to call it that, of coronavirus relief through Congress because Democrats and Republicans and President Trump haven't been able to agree on the terms of the deal. And one of the main holdups is that Democrats have been demanding that the aid package, that the relief package bail out Democrat-run states. Many of the states that are run by Democrats are in, ex- are in an extraordinary amount of debt for various reasons, most of it due to irre- irresponsible spending. And the Democrats were looking at the coronavirus as an avenue to bail out these states. And to date, President Trump has resisted bailing out blue states. And to that, I applaud him because bailing out Democrat-run states is a bad idea. Democrat-run states who spend money irresponsibly should have to live under and deal with the repercussions of their own decisions rather than being bailed out by Washington, D.C., never to learn a valuable lesson about what happens when you spend money you don't have. And Washington, D.C. has their own financial problems that they need to be dealing with as opposed to bailing out liberal-run states. I think we need to stop spending and printing money that we don't have and rather President Trump and Congress need to figure out how we're going to pay off the $26 trillion in debt that we've already racked up Exposing Washington American Family Radio go and check out our website AFR.net also don't forget to check out my podcast on your podcast store just type in Exposing Washington we'll be back next week